Okay, we are live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest. His name is John Kerwin. Last name is spelled K-I-R-W-I-N. He's just published a book, May 2023. Full title is The Conspiracy Theorist's Survival Guide, a guidebook for persecuted truthers. And I've read through it. It's really interesting, very timely. And we're kind of chatting in the pre-show just about really what it's like to be in this world in 2023 with Definitely these two different groups, truthers and normies, and John goes into it in the book, and uh, he has a website, it's wakeuporelse.com, so you can check that out. I will put links to both the book and his website in the show notes, so you can check that out, but uh, we have a lot to talk about. So John Kerwin, welcome to the show. Hey, welcome. Thanks so much, William. Looking forward to being able to talk with you and uh, your subscribers. Likewise, likewise, I'm glad that uh, we had time to put this together. So for people who may not have heard your name or your website, can you do a little background on yourself and what led you up to putting this book together, The Conspiracy Theorist Survival Guide? Yeah, um, I guess I was like everybody else. You know, we use the term normie, and actually the normies named themselves that. Uh, because like one time I was having a discussion with my daughter, and she said, Dad, I wish you were normal. And so that's that's kind of where we we as truthers get that term for them, uh, because we've stepped out of normal. And so I was normal back in 2017. I think around that time I was happily married. I had four kids. We're doing life. And I was a pattern day trader, full time day trader for about five years at that point. Prior to that, I was in ministry uh, as a worth worship leader and uh, youth pastor for many years. Uh, but be, being around the financial stuff. I found out that the Federal Reserve wasn't federal. That was my entry point into the matrix. That was me going into the rabbit hole because what I noticed was, what I found out was that it's actually not a government entity, but it's a, a, a private entity. It's incorporated in Puerto Rico. It's owned by international bankers. But it struck me that it was obviously purposely trying to be put forward as a government agency. Now, looking back, it's embarrassing how obvious these things are now. But then, you know, this is our, our genesis. And so what I ended up doing is what many, many people that I've talked to over the last seven years as a content creator, I said, well, if that's not true, what else isn't true? I've heard so many people say that same thing. And I believe that is the genesis or the, 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 uh, the trademark, that's not the right word, uh, of a truther is where they begin to question officialdom. So that was my entry into the rabbit hole. Yeah, then that's a lot there. Once you figure out one, there's a lot more dominoes to fall down too, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. And the uh, reticular activation center of the brain filters out things that are inconsistent with our paradigm. So, for instance, if you uh, decide you're going to buy a Honda Accord, all of a sudden you start seeing Honda Accords everywhere. That's the reticular activation center letting in new information uh, that wasn't consistent with your paradigm. So this is why normies are very recalcitrant. When you go to them with your evidence, your three ring binders about the moon landing or, you know, whatever topic, pick a topic. And you believe, I, I call it the shock and awe approach. 
because our 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 thinking has been well surely if i give them enough evidence right they'll believe right. it no right. no 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 because their mind is shut off it's just right. a it's way more we have to deal with the mind control first before we start presenting the evidence that's what i've learned yeah no that's really true i mean it's almost like talking to somebody who's been in the moonies or scientology yeah they are trained not to receive that it's almost like i can't take it or it would still be such a change i mean for me the moon landing is, landing is a perfect example because i could not actually at one point in my life comprehend that it would be fake because I learned it in high school, right? I learned it in standard sure. text. We went to the moon. It was a triumph. So well, I don't think we went to the moon at all now. I, I know we didn't because there's no possible way, <laughs> even technology today, to get there. So It would take you 10 shows to cover all of the proofs that we didn't go. Yeah. Yeah. Right? No, it's, there's so many. There's so and many. it's not just the, the Van Allen know. belt is a huge one. Like it would right. turn an average person into a piece of bacon. Right. It has power beyond like your. You can't comprehend the level of microwaves. It's so. It's like to the power of a hundred over your standard microwave. Yes, sir. I mean, there's so many different um, influences that have shaped us that they use to control us. Subliminals, uh, all of the modeling in the media with the talking heads, you know, disparaging people that question the official story, going all the way back to the the bulletin in '67 from the CIA where the, the term conspiracy theorist was introduced to society, along with a lot of other talking points, like tell them that they gravitate towards these things because they're insecure. That's a talking point that was put out by the CIA. And there's many of those that I've heard over the years that people think are their own original thought, and they're really just regurgitating mind control talking points. Um, but you also have chemicals, trauma-based mind control, all the Cavistock stuff. Then pride, demonic spirits, curses from God. Uh, you know, Second Thessalonians talks about a strong delusion that is sent on people who engage in willful ignorance. So it's not just one thing. Right. It's almost like the, the character of the individual has been shaped by people in power. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I guess that's always the dynamic, right? Even in a cold is maybe a smaller kind of Petri dish. But even like in any society, the people in power are shaping people under them to accept certain things that uh, increase or validate the power of people on top of their, that it's an oligarchy yes. or, or a kingship or anything. I think it's always been that way. So the king is always, it's divine right, baby. God mm -hmm. mandated this whole thing. I'm in power, slave. You do what you do. Give me your taxes. Yes. Now in the, kind of the modern America, it's... Uh, we're going to tell you all these lies and then they'll keep, they'll, they'll be like changing chains, even better form of slavery than actual chains on your wrist, but chains in your brain. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And they get us to love our slavery. I yeah. mean, that's the incredible thing. People that yeah. love their slavery is, is an amazing undertaking. They, these people are masters of illusion. I mean, look at the lengths they've gone to, you know, they get 52, $55 million a day. NASA does. And they have thrown up cartoons and people on wires and all this stuff. And all, all of humanity, it just, just bites down on it like it's absolutely incredible. And then this handful of us somehow, you know, got pixie dust sprinkled on our head and we were able to have our eyes open. But, I mean, these people, got our eyes are glazed over. They can't be reached, it seems like, but they can. They can. If you could strap them to a chair 
for five hours, you could probably get through to a lot of them. But but the problem with normies is normies don't look. They don't know and they don't want to know. And then they're like the British guards who, you know, you go up to them and you go, hey, you try to get it to look. They won't look. That's what normies are like. So it's really difficult to reach them or reach anybody that doesn't want to know. They say that in group dynamics, there are a significant amount of that group that want to emulate the group thought because it's safe. They don't ever want to challenge it. So there's a reinforcing mechanism of what does the group think? It's never expressed. So it's never somebody doesn't go out and say, I want to just figure out what the group is thinking. But it's it's something underneath the surface where they want to be a part of the squad. And so I'm just going to believe what everybody else. Oh, yeah. That, and that's enough for them. That's oh, yeah. They don't actually go to source texts or read. The, I mean, no. understanding Christianity is a perfect example because people have all of these ideas of Christianity and then they go and read actual the text and go, nobody told me about all this stuff. What's mm. going on? Like, I, I, I grew up Catholic. They were very they were disincentivizing the Catholic laity to uh, from actually sitting down and reading the text. There's no question about it. Right. That's such a great point, because human beings are very tribal. And so I use the analogy of uh, the, the teenage girl goes into the first day in high school and she's all alone in a new town. She goes into the lunchroom and she scans the lunchroom and there's all these different cliques sitting down. There's the goth group, then there's the jocks, then there's the nerds, then there's the party dudes. And, and she's looking for belonging and, and somebody at the goth group raises their hand and waves her over. Where is she going to go? She could go right over there, bro. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, it's true. Right now, now she belongs to that group. She then adopts all of their beliefs, and and because of the the human need for for um, you know, belonging to a tribe is so strong. Well, what happens is, we were in their tribe, and we were given grace by God to escape, and so now we're coming to them, and we're trying to not just. Uh, you know, show them the moon landing. It's like we're asking them to resign from their tribe, and it's a big ask. And this That's is one true. of the reasons people just will shine you on. They will not break loose of that very easily because it's very disturbing. Right, because you're asking them to leave one group to go to another group because you'll be you'll be separated by those other normies. Like you're done. Like you floating free. Like and luckily for the internet, people can kind of find the others. But imagine even pre-internet and those kind of people who are actually doing their own homework. They were yeah. truly alone. It was like invasion of the body snatchers, yeah. Well, it's worse, though, than just leaving because the book is called A Guidebook for Persecuted Truthers. So the, the masters of illusion, the overlords, the central planners, have um, inculcated the uh, unconvinced to what I call the death-to-truther algorithm. So when you begin to question officialdom you're viewed as a gone rogue you've joined you've fallen in with a bad group of people and you've lost your marbles and you're obsessed and and they then have a feeling of justification to attack you and shame you back into the tribe so this is why you're you you are there's a lot of cynicism snarky responses a very uh, manipulated, you know, you go to the uh, your sister-in-law's house for some party and you're the only truther in the room, you're going to get hammered. Yeah, no doubt. Ridicule, Woo! mockery, undercut your intelligence and your sanity, right? Yes. So it's like, you're not even sane, bro. You're talking, and to them, it's probably is like speaking Swahili. Like they have no idea what you're talking about. 
Like I have that happen in my family. Yeah. Yeah. I, I go through that in chapter six. I talk about the three stages of rejection. Uh, Cause I went through this. I was with my wife after being a truther for, or a normie for, I was a truther for about four years. And then I was finally asked to leave. My wife divorced me after 24 years with four children because of my beliefs. And I've personally talked to over 200 people interacted by email or phone, 200 that have been divorced by their spouses uh, over the last seven years in my uh, work on, on uh, Wake Up or Else. So at first, though, it's very light. Like you start introducing these themes to your family, your friends, and they're like, oh, I don't go in for conspiracy theories much. So they're not really attacking yet right and but they are right. introducing that shaming term it's it's a character assassination term right. and, and it means a lot of things it means it means what you believe i don't agree with and i think you're weird because you believe it and i don't want to talk about it anymore that's basically what that means um but if you persist they go to level two where now they start trying to manage you and they they start giving you edicts and decrees they'll say look when we go to our in-laws, don't talk about your information or you can only talk about your crazy things for three minutes or, you know, like I would get a call from my new friends and my wife would scowl at me and I'd have to take the call out in the cold. And wow, interesting. I, I came home one time and I, there was my pastor, the assistant pastor and the deacon and my wife were in the sunroom. They had an intervention and my wife who's a drug and alcohol addiction counselor was telling me that I needed medication. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's oh, intense. Yeah. That's intense. Yes, sir. I bet a lot of people can really identify with what you went through. I think that that's, that's like you said that you've had hundreds of people um, that this kind of syndrome or this kind of, this kind of phenomenon happened to, right? Yes. And it could be as simple as one, like I went to a, a, a conference in Texas for a big, being an American state national. And so those people are all um, keying in on the fact that the government is a corporation and we can, uh, you know, uh, repudiate our 14th Amendment status. And all of them were having breakups in their families. So it could just be one wow. thing. I, you know, I've, I've probably embraced 30 major conspiracies. So I yeah, me too. I feel like I'm at a hundred. Yeah, I mean, it's not easy to be us. It really is not easy to to find out all these things because yeah, most people right. don't want to know, and I and the reason they don't want to know is I call it the happy life. Okay, they don't want their happy life disturbed. Right. But the truther has integrity, though. That's at the core of this um, transformation is. When you are confronted with what you now or obviously are lies, uh, you have integrity. So if you're listening to this comp, this transmission, the reason you are the way you are is because you have integrity, because you you are willing to embrace the truth no matter where it took you. And I'm here to congratulate you and to encourage you and to say, great job. You did the right thing and you're not alone. And it wasn't you. OK, because here's how I know that's true. Has the normie ever told us, if you don't stop talking about those crazy things, I can't have a relationship with you? Yes. That's what we're told. I was told that by my daughter and two of my three daughters, my son and my wife. 
But does the truther ever tell the normie, if you don't talk to me about these crazy things, I can't have a relationship with you? Right. It's a one-way street. Yeah. We never say that. We don't tell them that. We don't give ultimatums. So who is it that's incapable of having the relationship? It's not us. So this is what the book is about. It's a survival guide. How to cope with this? Because I'm 61. I'm in an apartment now. I was in a house that's worth $700,000, and I had a beautiful wife and four beautiful children and two dogs and six chickens. So, you had a good life. You had a good yeah, life. This is no this is no walk in the park. But anybody listening to this, would you do it any other way? Are you going to, like we were just talking about this before we got on here, um, once you see, you can't unsee. Yeah. So. You really can't. You can't unsee it once you see it all. Once you see the, the great grand trap tapestry of all the lies. And it goes to the back. It goes into science, too. Piltdown Man, you mentioned. Yes. Uh, Earth Core, Milky Way, all that stuff. Astrophysicists. All these things are just baloney. I, I, I mean, I think if I went on a standard university campus and said what I really thought, they would, they would draw and quarter me. Because I don't believe in Darwin, Marx, or Freud. So... <laughs> I mean, all those are like that. Just will put you into a, into an intellectual corner by not believing any of those. Yes, yeah. Those things you mentioned are part of the book where I'm trying to show us how we were mind controlled. Um, like if you look at the monkey to the man picture, which was put in front of all of us, they show you a monkey, and then it gets bigger, and then it's a man. Well, that's telling us that there is no God. That's the purpose of that. And you have to believe that the people that are at the top of the scientific community know that that picture is not true, but they're doing it anyway. And right. so most people don't believe in evolution because you have to commit intellectual suicide. So really, I use that one to show the normie, you're a conspiracy theorist. Think about it. If they believe that in, that God created them, and you look at that picture, they got to believe that the top people know that's not true, but they're putting it up there anyway. So that would be a conspiracy. But then what they don't know, if you try to, let's say, let's take flat earth, which is a very polarized topic. Um, the, the picture of the earth from space, which we've all seen our whole life, is actually 12 strips of data. And they added clouds and color and then put it out there like it was a picture from space, but it's not. And David Simon or Robert Simon of NASA admits that. So when you try to broach that subject, the normie gets very triggered. And the reason is they're relying on fraudulent data. They think, how could you possibly believe the earth is flat if we have the picture? That's what they always say. So the truth is very frustrated though, because they've done the research and then when they try to have those combos with the normie, the normie just gets triggered, but then they shut you down because they won't look. Normies don't look. So you can try to pull out your proof and they won't even look at it. So then, you know, then what do you do? Then what do you right. do? You're stuck. Right. But this is the whole, this is the whole, like there's going to be two different groups. I mean, in the, the political, like the personal interpersonal consequences are immense, but the political consequences 
are immense too because nobody believes in the official story on it on much of anything these days at least in the if in that truther community right maybe the normies just believe everything that the government says but the truthers are hyper skeptical yes yes truthers are very cynical it's understandable but as a as a bible believer and as a follower of jesus christ i have hope god is always in the wind column and so i'm looking and i understand god's bringing judgment on the earth, but there's always hope with God. And I've been asking him to help me walk that hope path in the midst of all this. Um, because it does seem like the the bad guys are always winning. They're always in control and we never get a break, right? So you kind of get beaten down. Right, but that conflict, you write, the conflict is inevitable, right? Like there's no way to get around it. Well, as a Bible believer, I believe the book of Revelation has not happened yet, so I'm not a preterist, and I believe it will be fulfilled. But I do believe that the timetable may be in the hands of those of us that are alive now, because we're seeing evidence of that, because Klaus Schwab just admitted they pushed their timetable back to 2030. So there you go. Right. They had a really good push these last couple of years, though. Whew. I'm telling you. There, there is. They are obviously. They don't. They're not all powerful. They have to get cooperation from humanity to enslave us, and they're trying to censor you, us, for a reason. Like you, you shared with me that you got booted, right? Oh, I've been, I've been booted off of everything. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that. Yeah. Well, they didn't boot you off because of no reason. They booted you off because they're afraid of you. These people are not all powerful. And humanity, and see, even, even if we lose, we should go down fighting. Like William Wallace, the girl told him, hey, you're gonna, they're going to kill you. And he said, all men die, but not all men live. So I don't know about you, but not on my watch, pal. This is not something I'm going to take lightly. People trying to slow kill me and enslave me, I'm going down swinging, and that means that I'm going to be noisy about this. I'm, like our forefathers told us that after a long train of abuses, when you tried to, you know, do everything you can according to legal means, it's time to find new guards. So we're at that point. I mean, they just put, they just indicted Trump and I don't know what's going to happen with all that, but we're about to see. Yeah, no, that's fascinating. They didn't do that. They got went after his lawyers too. It's unprecedented. They're just representing. Yeah, they went after some very talented lawyers, not just Giuliani, yes. but like they like people who are like wise and old gray eminences of the law, like very astute lawyers. Like it's very strange. Like I don't think they they don't understand what they're doing. Like it comes from the top, but yes. I mean, all these like uh, prosecutors from hell, but. It's a big mistake. Like these guys are gonna. I mean, you put them up against the wall. This is totally unprecedented. It's, it's so it's so hard to get a read on anything political. I mean, this level of cynicism, you know, is so deep within the community. You know, everybody's a shell. Trump's a shell. Everybody's a shell. But I don't believe that there are no good people. You're you're good, William. I'm good. So there's two good guys out here in the marketplace, at least speaking the truth, right? So what I believe is, is that there are factions within the deep state. They're not all the same groups. 
You know, you've got the uh, Rockefeller um, Bush dynasty with Clinton and Obama. That's one line. Then you have the P3 Masons. You've got the, the white dragons. You've got the Russian mobs. They're not all the same deep state. And there's infighting. And that's why there's hope because they don't all share the same nihilistic uh, anti-human goals. Some of them want to wipe out 90% of humanity and the other ones don't. So essentially what I believe is what we're watching is that we're trying to root for the lesser of the two evil, uh, evil people, right. evil groups. Right. And, and that's where Trump is. Trump is an enigma. I, you know, all of us were sort of hopeful when he came on the scene. Could this possibly be a guy that's real, right? But right. You know, I got off the Trump train when he doubled down on the vax. I mean, there's just no, right. there's no way you could reconcile what he's doing with that. I'm sorry. He's also in bed with tons of like people who've been in the government forever. So it's like, what? You're listening to these guys for Bill Barr? I mean, that guy's a freaking CIA oh, asset. He's probably so never been not a CIA asset. Asset. And yeah, he just he was kind of impotent. I, I don't know. He didn't. He wasn't in Washington long enough to understand that works. I think it's interesting. One of the guests here, Mode eighty five, has a book, Rulers of Evil, Evil by F. Tupper Saucy, who was a preterist. Well, actually, one of the few preterists I know. Um, you mentioned that word. So. Yes. Yeah, so, but you don't have just kind of analyzing the difference between the truthers and the normies. You actually have guidance. Like, you provide advice. Like, well, what's the next steps, right? Like, yeah, action plans, right? Action stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, this is about seven years of walking through this, um, you know, broke. Well, actually, I, last year, I did a talk every Sunday. So about 52 talks. I think I missed one week in the year. Uh, my group, you know, I have like 5,000 subscribers on YouTube, mostly Christians. And I was talking about how, how to walk through the Mandela effect and all being a truther as a Christian. So I basically had a you know, little online church. That's what I do. And so I, I boiled down all of those into the book. So it's, it's, a, it's like a self-help book. It's a, it's a guidebook, spiritual, intellectual, and emotional guidebook for Christian truthers and, and how you deal with the isolation. There was like my child, my son, who is a phenom, my son is in the gym five days a week. He's making six figures at the age of 21. The kid's a phenomenal kid. He doesn't even talk to me now. My daughter, what's, what's his, what's his worldview? Like, what does he see as the world? Full like on he Norman. He, he, he's going after the dollar. He tells me he wants to conquer the world. And I don't have the heart to tell him, you know, there's a big rug pull coming. Uh, and you know, there's also a glass ceiling. There's like a ceiling. You gotta do some handshaking, secret handshaking to get, uh, all the way to the top, baby. But you know, to have your children, to become a pariah in your own home, uh, as a man of God, I've been in the ministry. My wife, you know, who I love, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have divorced her. I love her. I, I begged her two months ago. I said, honey, this is madness. I want to be married to you. I don't want to grow old without you. My kids need me. This is crazy. She says, I don't want to be married to you. We're in two different worlds. Yeah. I can't, I can't help you. I mean, if you're committed, see, if the, if the tables were turned, I would say, look, this is obviously bringing division. 
this is what we're going to do. We're going to go into a room twice a week for an hour, and I'm going to listen to you. And then the second day, you're going to listen to me, and we're going to do this until one of us is converted. Because that's what she used to tell me. You're just trying to convert me. I'm like, yeah, of course I am. That's what we do in this world. We share ideas, and we talk to each other, and we try to, you know, be influences on others. So, But like I said, the normie doesn't look. Normies don't know, and they don't want to know. Right, they don't want to know. That's delusion. The definition of delusion is... You believe what's wrong and you're resistant to facts. Ouch. Interesting. Uh, Joker call... 37 says, I know a few who are Mandela affected. Well, it's interesting, Joker, because I was talking to John, and that is one of his claims to mm -hmm. one of his specialties is understanding the Mandela effect. Do you mind talking a little bit about that, John? No, it's a, it's a really mind bender. Um, Essentially, it's the experience that people are reporting. It, it, I mean, it's so widespread. There's millions of people reporting this. It's so widespread that major magazines like Popular Mechanics, Home uh, Housekeeping, uh, different mainstream magazines are doing full page spreads on it. There's several movies on it. Uh, there's hundreds of channels on social media like mine. And it's the experience where things that you vividly remember no longer exist the way you remember them. And it's not just a few things, it's hundreds of things. And it's in multiple categories, pop culture, names of places, movie lines, uh, product names, uh, geography. And the problem is that this phenomenon actually includes the bible and can you so, talk more about that why does it include the bible are you sure you want to talk about this <laughs> i do 100 percent. because this is a very very touchy subject okay because anytime you suggest that the bible is being supernaturally still there okay this is presto magico, like the pharaoh's magicians uh, threw down their staffs and they became snakes. Okay, this is a supernatural phenomenon. It turns out a lot of us couldn't deny the evidence, so we went to God and we're like, God, this is you're going to have to show me this in your word if this is really happening. Well, it turns out we found about four pretty solid prophecies which seem to foretell this. And then there's one in um, Enoch. Enoch wasn't canonized, but he was a patriarch. He was one of only two people that was translated. The Bible says that Enoch walked with God and then was not. So my boy had some creds, okay? And then Jude actually quotes him verbatim from his book. So he's... He's canonized in the Ethiopian church. Enoch yeah. is part of their Bible. Yeah. That is very correct. All right, so what Enoch says in the 80th chapter... In the second verse, he says, in the last day, all things on the earth will alter and they'll be out of their time. Now, that perfectly describes what we're experiencing. So we don't really know how it's happening, who specifically is doing it, if it's all witchcraft or technology and witchcraft or whatever. We don't. It doesn't matter, though. The fact that we don't know who it is or how it is doesn't mean it's not true. And then. You know, Daniel 725, 
is one of the clearest prophecies and it's speaking about the antichrist or the beast or and it says he will seek to change times and laws hmm. now that term laws is actually translated in ezra 7 as the law of god so it's a fair translation if you're a supernaturalist to suggest that that's telling us that this was going to happen. And then you have Amos eight where God says, I'm going to send a famine, but it's not a famine of bread. It's going to be a famine of the word. Men will travel to and fro North to South. So it's not regional. It's worldwide. And they will not find the word. Well, that's impossible in modernity because we got flash drives. We got it everywhere. So the Mandela effect Bible changing the Bible would fulfill that prophecy and then of course people freak out because they tell me that the the devil doesn't have that much power well of course he doesn't unless god gives it to him so job chapter one god was bragging on job that he was a righteous man and he turns around and says all right all that he has is in your power that's what god told satan so then you know what satan did he went off and killed his children so don't tell me that the devil doesn't have that much power because God will give it to him. And then he turned around and let, let the devil mess with his body. He said, you could touch him, but don't kill him. So he lifted two hedges. Then in Revelation 13, we're told that the Antichrist is given power and permission to wage war against the saints and prevail against them. There's more. So, But those, this is a small sampling of the biblical permission that we have to make this claim. Now, once you get into the examples, it'll curl your hair. If I told you what's in your Bible right now, you wouldn't even believe it. I had that experience today with a pastor. I started hmm. telling him what's in his own Bible, and he said, that's outrageous. I'm not going to have this conversation. I said, aren't you going to stop and confirm that what I'm I'm not making this up? No, it's blasphemy. That's what we're up against. Oh, blasphemy. Interesting. It's outrageous. Yeah. The blindness that we're experiencing in the in the willful ignorance of well, you you right, you talk about the great delusion or these delusions. Some of these pastors sadly are deluded. I have had con uh, contact with some, and it's just like you don't get it, man. I you know we our epistemology or whatever how we perceive not you know whatever we perceive reality is totally different. Like they just don't get it. No. No, and God's not a liar. The, the fact that the, the thing that really <clears throat> freaks people out is the suggestion that the Bible's changing immediately is converted into the idea that God is lying and you might as well try to tell him water isn't wet, right? But they're misinterpreting the passages that seem to indicate that the Bible wouldn't change. For instance, I had this quoted today by the pastor. My Bible says that the word of God is forever settled in heaven. Okay. And I said, does that passage mean that the scriptures couldn't be changed? Are the word and scripture the same thing? And he couldn't, he, he had to pause on that one because they're not the same thing. But that's what we've been told from the front of the room all of our Christian lives. I hold in my hand the eternal, unchanging word of God. No, you don't. What you hold in your hand is the scriptures which contain the eternal unchanging word of God. And those scriptures are under attack. It doesn't have a force field around it. And what is immutable is the original autographs that were given to the original authors, 
the word of God is inspired by God. It's not written by men. And it was given to men. And it was accurate. But now in Daniel 12, God told him, shut up the words until the time of the end. Well, there was providential preservation is true, but it was a time limit. Shut up the words until the time of the end. Well, we're there now. And as you go to Revelation 22, you know what it says? Do not protect the Bible from Satan. Hmm. So Daniel 12 says protect it. Revelation 22 says, all right, time's up. And, And because the promises that you're referring to, sir, don't mean the scripture can't change. Your doctrine is wrong. The scriptures certainly can and are changing. And, and, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you exactly why. Because God came to the Pharisees through Jesus, and they didn't recognize him. Jesus was God. And they couldn't recognize God standing in front of him. Well, that's happening again. The, 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 the voice of the stranger is being allowed to come up in this sacred texts, and, the, and most of the body of Christ isn't even recognizing it. If I, if I told you what's in your Bible right now, you would lose subscribers because you allowed some blasphemous guy. But, you know, it's in there. <laughs> and people are just, right. it's really incredible, William. It's so, yeah. it's what I do. John, can you also talk about sovereign citizen citizenship? Yeah. I know you discuss it in your book. It's, uh, somebody yes. asked that question. This is, you know, I, I remember thinking, what is the next shoe to drop as a truther? And I had been studying this for years, and uh, I finally jumped in now that I have time, and I found this to be the most incredible rabbit hole, I think, of many of them. And that's the fact that we found out the fraud that's been perpetrated through the corporate system that was established through fraud. And, uh, you know, if you can look this up, you go to Dun & Bradstreet, you look up your city, you look up your, your county, your state, the police department, the court system in your town, and every town has a Dun & Bradstreet number, which means they're a privately held for-profit business. They are de facto governments. They're fake. The whole thing is fake. And the way you understand this very simply is if you go into the supermarket and the manager walks over to you and says, William, I need you to pick up that broom and go sweep up in the back. You're looking looking behind you like, you're talking to me, <laughs> right? And, and because he has no jurisdiction. However, if two weeks prior you had come in and filled out a job application and you were accepted, now you're in there as an employee with a badge on, he has every right to boss you around, right? All right, so when we're born, what, what is done if you're in the U.S.? Um, your name is stolen and it's turned into a corporate fiction, a corporation, a charging utility, and they borrow a million dollars against your future tax payments as a surety from the IMF. And they invest that in uh, uh, securities at a 42% return. We found out in federal law uh, case where we got the uh, transcripts, they do quite well. So all of us have this SESTA-QB trust that's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. That's how they fund the government, by the way. They're getting a trillion a day out of the SESTA-QB trusts. So all this talk about the fact they need your tax dollars is nonsense. It's all smoke and mirrors. 
We were supposed to get that money. And I've met two people now, and I've talked to about seven or eight that have access to that trust. I know I'm, gotcha. I'm going to do it as well. So anyway, on a lower level, though, what we do is we we have been tricked into being the employee of the supermarket, basically, um, through many different presumptions, uh, primarily when you fill out your first W-2 form, you're agreeing to be a taxpayer for the rest of your life. When you get your driver's license, you're contracting with the state to have to obey all their policies and rules like an employee. But you can then extricate yourself from these. And I do a training every every Monday, free training, and then I help people become American state nationals. So we, you, you basically what you do is you send an affidavit to Washington to repudiate your employee status. I don't want to be an employee anymore. I quit. That's what, we, what you do. And then um, 21 days later, we have you record that in the register of deeds. That becomes a court of record. So now they can't run over you. And then you go and you get a passport that reflects that new status. Now, I have one, and we've tested this. And when they pull you over, when you show your passport, it actually reflect, it reflects your new civil status. And what comes up on their screen is do not question, do not detain. From there, Interesting. yes, sir. But, but if you say you're a sovereign, you're a, what do you, what did you, with the term you used, you're still an American citizen. Yes. You're not rejecting your citizenship. That is you're correct. Just, right. We're repudiating, we're not renouncing. So 8 USC 1401, the definition of US citizen is a person born in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. However, 8 U.S.C. 1101A21 is the definition of an American state national is a person owing permanent allegiance to a state. Let me give you just a couple of case law to, to confirm that this really is an option. It's a real thing. Tashiro v. Jordan, it is clear that there is a citizenship of the United States and citizenship of the state. U.S. v. Anthony, the term resident and citizen of the United States is distinguished from a citizen of one of several states in that the former is a special class citizen created by Congress. There's uh, many more of those Supreme Court cases that document that this is absolutely the case. And so once you get the passport, then we have you go to the uh, affidavit of status and revocation of election and what's called a form 56 with the IRS and you could become a legal non-taxpayer. I'm one. So you're not paying any taxes. You're legally supposedly not paying any taxes. Right. Because, because that's a policy of the company. If you're a citizen, which means municipal is city and right. Zen is slave. If you're a slave of the city and you stop paying you, then you are a tax cheat because you right, are. But what, what does the IRS think about that? The IRS has a provision for revoking your status as a taxpayer. It's the revocation of election is their terminology. And form 56 is a form where you is, is for the fiduciary. Who's who is the fiduciary of the corporate fiction? It's them until you re renounce or you you send form 56. And then you switch the fiduciary so that you are now the executor and the beneficiary of the trust, not them. Gotcha. John, we are at the 45-minute mark. Yes. Is there anything, how would you like to sum this up? I mean, you, there's a lot more information in this book. 
Uh, there's a lot of different sections. I think that people who share kind of the predicament of uh, different kind of modes of thought would find this book very worthwhile. Um, can you, how, what would you like to end this, or bookend this conversation? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can find it on Amazon or you can go to my website, wakeuporelse.com and it's right there on the front. And, you know, if you're a truther, you're walking a lonely road. I mean, it's a veil of tears and you might be lucky to be one of the few that has a spouse that's very gracious or even is a truther as well. But if you're in what we call a mixed marriage or it could be a lifelong friend um, or a church group, you know, you know what I'm saying is true. I am not exaggerating. Uh, it is a, it is a very difficult aspect of this waking up process and nobody's really talking about it. You know? Right. No, I mean, you are, that's, that's yeah. good. So people can go to your website, wake up or else. Yeah. And there's all kinds of links to YouTube, Rumble, Twitter, Facebook. So people can yeah. check you out, social media, all the stuff you've covered. Yeah, And I, I do a free training every Monday. This is Monday. So Monday at 8 PM Eastern, I do a free training on free conference call. You can just click on the link and get the instructions there. Um, the password is wake up or else. So you go to free conference call, just log in at 8 p.m. Eastern, put in the password, wake up or else. And then uh, I do training on how to become an American national. And what we're talking about now is the mask mandates that they're probably going to try to roll out again right. and how to say no. Yeah, they're going to try to roll everything out again. The yep. mask is just the beginning. Exactly. The mask is the, the camel's head under the tent. Yep. They're doing the same thing, everything. But uh, really interesting conversation and congrats on the book. Thanks. Again, the full title is The Conspiracy Theorist Survival Guide, a guidebook for persecuted truthers. And the author, again, is John Kerwin, K-I-R-W-I-N. And I will put links to your website and social media and to the book as well in the show notes. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, William. Great convo. Appreciate it. Yeah, Goodbye, everybody. Thank stay you. There. Stay there. Stay there. Stay there. Yep.